0: Hi everyone, this is Mark Vina with More Insights and Strategy. uh, Speaking to you uh, from uh, Silicon Valley, where we discussed uh, very pertinent topics in the uh, innovation and technology field. Uh, We haven't spoke uh, for about, uh, I would say about two months because the More Insights team has been tied up in a variety of different things at the beginning of the summer, but now that we're at the all-star break and maybe we can call this the all-star break edition, I'm, I think we have a very interesting podcast uh, today, uh, and I'm pleased to introduce um, a couple of folks, who you're, uh, one folk I know you're familiar with, but another person that is new to more insights and strategy from a uh, podcast contribution standpoint, and that is J. Iorio, who is the director of innovation for the IEEE organization. Uh, those of you in the tech field know that IEEE has been around a long time and plays a very uh, strong and important role in establishing standards uh, for the uh, technology industry. And I'm also joined by Anchal Sag, who is a longtime contributor at More Insights and in Strategy, he actually focuses on the AR and VR field uh, specifically, and I'd like to give them each an opportunity to introduce themselves. So, Jay.
1: Hello, I'm Jay Iorio from the IEEE Standards Association. I'm the Director of Innovation. And uh, thanks a lot, Mark, for inviting me to this. Uh, looking forward to the conversation.
2: Great. Anchal. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me again. Uh, you've given me a good intro, and uh, I'm just hoping to have a good conversation about AR and VR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll note that Onshell doesn't want to talk about the San Diego Padres because they're 14 and a half back, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for another <laughs> podcast call. So in any event, um, you know, one thing I would like to kind of tee up with the call because I think AR and VR is often confused with each other, and uh, I think it's important that we get our terminology uh, kind of, you know, structured and and made very very clear because it's hard to have a productive call if people, because I do think people, you know, run into the situation where AR and VR is often confused with each other. So I'm going to give Jay an opportunity to, from his perspective, help define those terms. You know, what does AR and VR mean precisely?
1: Um, sure. Um, I, I would say that VR is really a, a completely computer created illusion for the user. Uh, it, it does not allow the outside world to penetrate the illusion, and uh, <clears throat> it's not only visual, it's also auditory and the other senses ultimately will be involved, I think. Um, it's a completely concocted illusion. Whereas augmented reality allows uh, the user to see the real world, the physical world, um, but with digital enhancements, uh, overlays, illusions, and, 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 and so forth. Uh, again, multi-sensorial. Um, <clears throat> the there's a natural confusion, I think, because they both involve illusory technologies. Um, but from a development standpoint, there are different issues involved. And I think from a consumer standpoint, there are going to be different issues involved uh, in terms of the way these technologies play out. Um there, there are also, I think there's augmented virtuality and there are things along that spectrum where you have uh, physical objects being put into a virtual world or vice versa. But it, conceptually, they're, they're related, they're similar. And I have a feeling that from the consumer standpoint, ultimately, uh, they might stop seeing the distinction between the two. Uh, developers won't, but I think ultimately we might see it as the illusion glasses or something like that. Uh, it's a bad term, but uh, you know what I mean? Um, no, that,
0: no, that, that's I think that's a very articulate way of kind of structuring the differences between the two. Ah from your perspective, how do you how do you see the the broad distinctions between those two broad categories?
2: Well, I actually I, I'm you know a r and vr, I like to tell people. Is, you know, augmented reality is something that modifies the world around you, while virtual reality transports you into an entirely new reality. Um, Sometimes that virtual reality is a reproduction of the real reality that is then modified to fit whatever perception someone wants to create. But the reality is, um, both exist on the same spectrum of complete and whole reality, which is the, the, the world we live in today, and virtual reality, which is a completely and wholly made up world um, created out of somebody's mind. And as we, as we start to have this industry grow, I actually think the lines will blur more and more, rather mm-hmm. than less and less, especially when you start seeing devices um, being created that allow you to do both augmented reality and virtual reality. And that might even create some problems from marketing and even for some people who struggle with understanding the differences as we move forward. No,
0: I think that those are those are great points. And I think each of the technology, I mean, Jay, you and I spoke about this when we were at the AWE conference, yes. is that each of these technology categories, you know carry with it a number of implications from a privacy standpoint. We're gonna to get to that in security and, you know, both and as well as the the implications of the usage models themselves in terms of what each one are going to be uh, kind of focused on but I agree with Onshell that you know ultimately there will be a merging of the two and it will be probably very hard for the consumers and create a marketing challenge like Anshell suggested in terms of you know where is the differentiation between the two as they come closer and mm-hmm. closer together but on that topic in terms of what are the usage models, what are the applications, you know, usage models are a fancy marketing phrase for how is a device or a service used. Uh, Jay, I'd like to get your opinion both for AR and VR. You know, f- w- you know, let's, for, for the sake of argument, let's, you know, keep them as separate as possible. But from an AR standpoint, where do you see the key application models and, you know, what type of customers are using those products uh, and solutions right now?
1: Um, let me give you a slightly roundabout answer. The, the 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 aspect of all this that I tend to focus on more and more <clears throat> is not simply AR and VR, but also over the next generation, how those technologies will converge with artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the Internet of things. And the model that I'm sort of working with is a, a a sentient environment and a physical environment that is monitoring us and so forth, including our clothing, including things we haven't thought of yet, where there's continuous um, uh, collection of data, analysis of data and so forth. Now, how does the user make use of that? those insights? Um, there has to be some sort of sensory component to it. And I, I, I think that ultimately, what we call let's say ar today will will be almost the display for this intelligent environment that we continue you know that we more and more uh, live in so from that perspective i see the ar and vr world is very primitive right now compared to where it's going to be in a generation uh we're we're still dealing with you know the specific technologies um and and as you know as one might predict it 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 goes for vertical markets i mean for ar for example um you know there are indisputably useful uh vertical applications for ar uh, on assembly lines the retail experience various production uh pieces in in just about every industry um and uh i think that stuff is very useful uh, certainly the people who are using it find it very useful. And for VR, I've been dealing with a lot of healthcare people, for example, who are using uh, VR psychotherapy for post-traumatic stress and other anxiety disorders very successfully, um, and, and, and so on. So there are, are specific applications that people are starting to use. What I have my eye on is when, in a way, the killer app, I, I think, is sort of a platform on which you can, if you take something like the old Second Life and combine it with Facebook and imagine that a few generations ahead where you have to wear eyewear. I'm thinking along those lines that in, in a way, the killer app for these, for AR VR might be a platform. Like I hate to use Second Life because it's, it's, it's an antique piece of software, but, um, a virtual environment, an environment where we spend a good deal of our time, where we work, where we shop, we socialize and so forth. All the social social media and a lot of other things that we consider separate now would become subsumed under that. And this would become a place where people spend a good deal of their lives. So I see that as the ultimate application, but that's a ways in the future. For right now, there are lots of verticals that, that are are, are are really going to be revolutionized, I think, by by the kinds of apps that are that are possible. They're just becoming possible right now with the technology.
0: Yeah, and, and what, you know what struck me, Jay, and I want to give Anshul a chance to answer this question as well um, and address what you've talked uh, talked about. But what struck me at AWE was that of the couple hundred vendors there, and that that particular event is is a good um, a barometer for how the category is expanding. I mean, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the head of the show talked about how it was just a handful of suppliers a few years ago, and they've had you know, tremendous growth in the number of vendors who are participating in this space. But And I forget what the exact number was at the convention, but let's say there was two or 300 uh, different mm-hmm. vendors there. And then that number, I think, is a fairly reasonable one. Yeah. I mean, it, not only is it a great expression of American entrepreneurialship in that a lot of those vendors may not be around <laughs> next year, which is what really <laughs> happens at these conferences, the the unique thing to me was that 97% and i think that's a fair number was probably focused on vertical and enterprise applications i mean yes there were some vendors there that were showing some interesting you know entertainment game you know, sports applications for um uh, for uh, vr but uh, but ultimately it really was an enterprise based type of event now that's not to say and i think anshall will have some opinions on this that's not to say that you know, uh, AR and VR at different levels will start to vector into the consumer space, and there's already been many, many attempts at products that have tried to, to, have tried to sneak into that area. But um, I do think in the short term, the enterprise is really kind of where the action is from an application suitability standpoint. But I would like to talk a little bit about the consumer component because, Anshal, I do know I know you have some very strong opinions about it.
2: Yeah, I, I actually have strong opinions on everything, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the way the way I see it, um, and this might help frame the evolution of the, the industry as a whole. Um, you know, a lot of technology industries evolved and were created before I was born. But I'm a a good student of history, and what we're seeing today in the in the VR industry is very similar to what you saw in the PC industry. Um, whenever you're looking at a new platform or a new um, way for people to interact with technology, um, there's kind of like a an evolution of the market. And right now, we're kind of in the in the step where VR and AR are have already you know they've already attempted their first stab at consumer, and I would say with moderate success. Um, But the reality is the next phase is going to be the enterprise phase, which is what we're seeing now. Um, And that is focused on business enablement and accelerating um, both cost reductions as well as accelerating the pace of business. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing a lot of VR utilized already um, in almost every single automotive manufacturer in their prototyping phases. Um, Some automotive manufacturers are using it for marketing and sales. Uh, And then you have the entire architecture and engineering um, industry, which I think 73% of the entire industry has used VR at least once in a Mm -hmm. project, Um, and they only expect to be doubling their efforts in the amount of projects they do uh, this year. So the, the, the pace of growth in VR and AR in enterprise is massive. Um, and it's because, you know, it's starting from a very small place. Um, and now the technology and the platforms and the headsets exist uh, as well as the tools, which is, are very important um, to allow the industry to grow to a place where it becomes a regular tool and people's trove of tools that they use on a daily basis. Yeah. And I, I think that as as, you know, people start to see it used more, it becomes more of a opportunity for people to explore with. And it's no longer something where they feel like it's, you know, niche, but it's just another thing they can use to make themselves better at their job. And um, the one thing you said about consumer, I think devices like the Oculus Go are going to bring the next phase of consumer VR um, because it's the right price and it's the right experience for what consumers need today. But people won't go out and buy those until they've actually tried VR. And I think one of the big things, one of the big trends of this year is that we have location-based VR in in you know places like Dave and Buster's, um, at movie theaters. And those kinds of experiences will give people a really high-quality taste of virtual or augmented reality to the point where they want to actually have it for themselves. and Mm -hmm. I think that's the next phase of consumer. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I I agree with that. And you know, the one thing you didn't mention on shell, but I know that you're um, you know, you obviously would support what I'm about to say is that you now have the technology ingredient companies and there's several of them that are coming into the space to help enable smaller, you know, less, um, uh, less, uh, uh, intrusive type of devices, meaning like Qualcomm, for example, announced a new chipset, you know, a new Snapdragon chipset that was really focused purely on the AR and VR experience. And you're going to see, you know, products over time because I do think one of the holdups with some of these products that are out there right now is when you put on these very heavy goggles. You know, you can use them for short periods of time, but over time, to- over time, you know, you're going to see glasses become almost. I don't know whether they'll, they'll get exactly dissimilar, uh, similar to, you know, conventional glasses. But I see a day that, you know, you'll see, you know, headgear that will become much lighter to use so you can use them for long periods of time. But Qualcomm just being one of the players that have made a huge commitment um, to the category, among others. But let's talk a little bit about, though, the consumer piece. And, you know, Jay, you kind of referenced this a few minutes ago in terms of my favorite phrase is, you know, what will be the killer app? In the consumer mainstream space i mean there are some very highly specific vertical enterprise applications that today make a lot of sense and you know mm-hmm. to your point jay a lot of companies are are already doing them whether it's for inventory management and you know, there's all kinds of applications that you know that you can yeah. articulate but let's talk a little bit about that what that killer app might be let's speculate a little bit in, about that jay
1: if if i had to guess i would say it's a platform for development it's not it, it wouldn't be strictly an app, and I'm sure, you know, I, I'm, 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 a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I, I, I think it would be an environment where users can create things um, and integrate the various activities of their lives into the virtual world. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, I mean, I'm particularly uh, interested in uh, <clears throat> video conferencing for well, VR conferencing. Um, I think that there are all kinds of possibilities for holding conferences for having ad hoc you know elaborate meetings and so forth um but i'm not sure that that's that that's that's sort of an, a vertical application too that's sort of uh, mm-hmm. addressing a, a very business problem um i think for the consumer it's um it, it would be sort of equivalent to the way you check into facebook or the way you check into social media it becomes an all-day kind of thing for a lot of people they're constantly doing it that becomes like a uh, it's an app technically but it's really more of a platform and I'm thinking of the killer app as being more of a platform and and that's why mm-hmm. I bring up Second Life because even though it's it's very primitive it, it it's the it's really the first piece of software that allowed for that and if you include total immersion in that I think it would be very compelling that's where you would work that's where you would basically do everything and you could create your own environment and so forth so right. I have a feeling it's that platform that allows for creation that would be the killer for, for mm. consumers.
0: Uh, so Ancha, what are your thoughts on the killer consumer <laughs> app? I,
2: I'm actually very similarly on that kind of thought of a platform. Um, I would be more inclined to say that it will be a very... actually, still along what, what Jay is saying is that it'll be a social platform Um I think it'll take the form of a social interaction platform that will be based on a series of applications that might be like games or some kind of peer-to-peer user interaction that people would originally use as a game but eventually becomes a way for people to interact with each other where, you know, people are able to... Escape from the real world, but still maintain a strong interaction with another human being because the reality is AR and VR experiences when you do them in isolation uh, They have limited um, Replayability and limited time that you're willing to spend in them because they remove you so much from the other people in your world And by bringing those people into the same environment that you're in, um, you're able to prolong the time you spend in virtual spaces and increase the emotional um, reactions that you get out of it.
0: Mm -hmm. See, you know, the interesting thing, uh, um, I'll take a swing at what I really think. I'll give you a non-platform answer. What I really think where <laughs> the, um, the, the, where the uh, killer app might be is, you know, wh- wh- and I'll, I'll and you know follow me on this train of thought is that you know Apple with iOS 12 is going to announce for the first time the ability to communicate with people via FaceTime with multiple um, uh, individuals. Now that capability has been around in Skype and other applications for several years, but you know Apple has a way of you know when they introduce a new feature that's been around for a while they take the credit for it and they say we invented it but my point is is that my prediction is when apple does that the whole idea of having multiple video you know, m- multiple people in video conferencing at a consumer level will be a breakthrough type of thing it's been happening on the com- on the enterprise and con- commercial side forever but and jay you and i talked about this but i really do believe that when you get to some type of Communications app, or whether it's a platform, who knows how it may ma- manifest itself, but when you're able to sit in your living room with um, with a, uh, a VR set of glasses, and all of a sudden now, not only can you see the individuals that you're communicating with, but you can have a family reunion in your living room as if they're sitting in front of you. So you can observe all the body language and, and have a communications experience that you simply can't have, frankly, um, in an audio based type of uh, environment. Or maybe to a degree, you can have that with video conferencing. Although that's more a headshots type of thing. Mm-hmm. I really think that is going to be you know when someone gets to that level of technology where you can have a real virtual communications experience with multiple parties you know in a very familiar uh, familiar setting that's going to be a big deal that that's my not to say there's not other applications that might be killer but I think that's something that people can kind of relate to Um, But let's talk about (laughs) though let 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 us talk about something that Jay you and I did talk about while we were at the uh, conference is the the privacy um, and security implications that really come out of AR and VR because there, there are many frankly I mean people mm-hmm. are getting caught up in the, the technology and the promises of the technology but let's talk a little bit about some of the, um, uh, the, the concerns that certainly companies will have certainly users will have in terms of embracing this brave new world of AR and VR so let me get your perspective on that, Jay.
1: Um, I think that all the problems we see today, and they're substantial, are going to become amplified by this, Um, especially if we have an increasingly sensor-laden environment, Um, if we have a lot of machine intelligence constantly monitoring our actions, our behavior, and making inferences from that, and providing us with content that's that's harmonious with that, uh, constantly learning... Um, I you know you look at the look at the effect that Facebook has had and Facebook is is very primitive technology it's a website I mean and there's no mistaking it for a website it's a text based website with you know embedded graphics and 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 video um, there's no mistaking that for an alternate reality or for a, you know a sly uh, uh, alteration of what you're actually seeing it's just text on a screen and it's framed, and that frame is framed, and then it's framed by your monitor. So it tells you many times, in a sense, psychologically, that this is not real, this is just text. And um, look at the effects that it has on on society, partly because of the Facebook business model, which mm-hmm. I, I, I assume is going to continue in this realm. Um, and um, it, you know, I, I think that the collection of data and the purposes it might be put to in this kind of environment definitely raise a lot of questions about uh, about privacy and about who owns this kind of personal data. And I think mm. that in a way, Facebook, the, 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 all of the stuff from Facebook last year and this year, is, is is sort of been a blessing for the for the for the VR and AR world. In a sense, it gives us a simpler version of the problem to solve because if we ignore that and End up in the kind of environment we're talking about, uh, we might have unsolvable problems, uh, especially when what is real becomes a, a, a real issue. I mean, it's not today, but as this as the, these technologies become more photorealistic and the nuances become more and more subtle, you you pass through the 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 uh, you know the, the the disbelief phase and and it becomes real and Mm -hmm. uh, the product uh, and the possibility for indoctrination, for subtle manipulation of a population and so forth are enormous. So I I think now is the time to address that.
0: No, I, I agree with that. And in fact, you know, not to get into a whole discussion about fake news and all that other type of stuff that, you know, dominates the news today. You know, there are implications for this technology in terms of when you get to really good AR and VR, um, especially on the AR side, the ability to be able to fool people into different situations becomes enormous. I mean, there was a movie director, the guy, who, the, the, the gentleman who directed um, Get Out, great movie. I think it's Jordan Peele, yeah. his name of the actor. Yeah. He did a uh, just as a stunt, uh, just to kind of articulate. Now that was more of a video type of thing where he was able to take a, 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 um, a existing uh, um, video of President Obama. And do some interesting manipulation of it, and frankly, you know, uh, he had him saying some, you know, non-presidential things. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you expand that to AR and VR, especially VR. You know, the the the, um, the opportunity for bad things to happen grows exponentially. Uh, so, uh, Anshel, what are your thoughts on the topic?
2: Anshel? Sorry. I, I have my mic on mute just so you don't have to hear me. No problem. Um, Yeah, the thing is, I'm extremely concerned about the social implications of AR and VR. Um, just because we've talked about you know, how easily manipulated people are by just a simple website like Facebook. Um, and I think that when it comes to the emotional interactions that people are getting through Facebook alone, when you combine that, with the alteration of reality with augmented and virtual reality, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's extremely important that we have very strong ground rules established now before people start diving into AR and VR and start getting even more messed with. um, And I I think there will be people who will have issues with addiction when it comes to Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. augmented reality and virtual reality. And some people will also probably have issues with being able to tell the difference between reality and, and, and virtual reality. Um, So there, there are going to have to be, you know, mental health professionals that will have to be trained properly Mm -hmm. to address whatever kind of, um, you know, addictions and whatever kind of uh, illnesses might be born out of people becoming too attached to virtual reality or not being able to tell the difference. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Do you, uh, do either of you think that, And I hate to say this, but I will be interested in your answer. Do you think government oversight, government regulation is going to be needed in this category, or can can the industry self police?
1: No, I think the government. I think some some third party has to get involved. I mean, it's it's the interest of the of business to. I mean, you look at Facebook for example. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but Mm -hmm. it's their business model that's causing a lot of the issues. And so, you know. I, I, I would, I would say that this is a this is a a classic need for regulation of some kind.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and on, on that question, uh, Jay, do you see, do you see? I know IEEE I you know, typically focuses on technical standards. Do you see I Triple uh, ever getting into a position where they will try to recommend a set of standards on usage models and privacy issues? Do you think they could? You know, what's the I... obligation?
1: I think that's a good role for the IEEE. Um, You know, it is a society of engineers, um, and uh, they are a lot of the people who are designing this, a lot of people running the companies that are building these products. And um, we have a uh, a global initiative on ethics, and and one of the uh, uh, subcommittees is uh, Mixed Reality, and I'm a co-chair of that. And these are some of the issues we're dealing with, and we, we want to influence the industry Positively to take these, you know, to, to in in effect, to, to to for your earlier question, to 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 um to to uh, sort of inc- incite the industry to act in a way that does not require them to be regulated in a sense, right. you know. Yeah. Um, that these are, the, these are the issues. We're all smart human beings. We all understand the implications of this. Let's do something to fix it before, you know, while we're on the drawing board. Um, yeah. and, and so that, that, I think, is a very good role for the IEEE, sort of a conscience of engineering in a, in a sense.
0: Uh, Anshel, your thoughts in, in terms of uh, the government getting involved or some type of regulatory help is needed because the industry can't self-police. What, what are
2: your thoughts on that? So, I think initially there needs to be a certain set of self policing without a doubt. Um, But I think that we've proven uh, with companies like Facebook and Twitter that the industry itself is not capable of self policing to a degree where they can prevent something like uh, election manipulation Mm -hmm. um, and other types of manipulation. But, you know, just to be relevant to what's going on today, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's absolutely necessary that we had, you know uh, a certain amount of regulations established far long ago before this ever happened to prevent mm-hmm. such a thing. So uh, you know, I totally think something could happen of significantly greater proportions if we don't consider, you know um, what the impact of this could be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think we do need government regulation, but it needs to be, in lockstep with the industry, there has mm-hmm. to be a connection with yeah. both industries right, yeah.
0: so in the couple of minutes we have left here, and I think this has been a terrific call by the way uh, yeah. let 's talk about a little bit about very quickly let's say forty five seconds each um, on who who will the winners be in the AR and uh, AR and VR category, and why just very, very quickly from Jay, your perspective. <laughs>
1: Um, I can't name specific companies. I don't know. The one thing I I, I'm pretty sure of is that the companies that are going to be doing the revolutionary stuff in 20 years might not exist today. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in terms of specific companies, I wouldn't know. Um, but in terms of general, uh, something that is, is overwhelmingly compelling to the consumer, some easy to use, lightweight, um, uh, a product and I, again i come back to a sort of a platform that's 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 where i think the 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 basis of the kind of new industry is going to be
2: great Anshel. um i think jay is kind of on the right point i think the winners are going to be the platforms so you're looking at the facebook's the google's um you're looking at the companies who are trying to enable augmented reality and virtual reality. Uh, Companies like Microsoft, the ones who, you know, they don't really care about what kind of headset you use. They want to be able to bring, you know, user engagement and content that engages emotions and elicits, you know, a real um, experience out of people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really what you're looking at when it comes to um, who's going to be the winners in, in in the market. Right
0: you 're right I mean there 's no question. I, I think the interesting thing is we may not even know you know to jay 's point who the winners may be two or three years from now. That very frequently happens in the technology industry you, you handicap somebody because they have a particular position in the industry, but for whatever reason you know another dark horse emerges because they, they capitalize on a particular capability or a particular usage model. so I agree with all of that. Well, again, we're out of time, but thank you, Jay. Thank you, Anchel, uh, for uh-huh. your, uh, for the participation in today's call. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for the uh, the uh, to the More Insights audience for listening to today's call. Please follow us on social media: you know, our usual suspects—Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, thank you for joining us.